Hey ladies, the Beautiful Movement now has their summer box available for pre-sale. This means that you have the chance to sign up before these boxes sell out again. If you have not had the opportunity to get one of these boxes, grab your box today. These boxes are becoming so popular, they're actually selling out. The theme in this box is Walking with Jesus, a box that will help you grow deeper with God this summer. It's the perfect summer starter kit that you don't want to miss. Head on over to www.jointhebeautifulmovement.com to sign up today. Be sure to use the discount code UNCOMMONTEEN, all one word, for 15% off your first box. You can also follow The Beautiful Movement on Instagram at the underscore beautiful underscore movement. Ladies, you don't want to miss this. Welcome to the Uncommon Teen Podcast, the podcast for Christian teen girls. It is my heart to help you all overcome the real life challenges that you are facing, but in a way that stays true to who God created you to be. I'm your host and life coach, Jamie Kirshner, and I'm so excited to be here with you today. All right, so this week we have our next AMA or Ask Me Anything episode. I love these episodes because I get to hear questions that are coming straight from your heart and I get to answer them on the podcast. How cool is that? If you have a question specifically for me that you would like me to answer on the Uncommon Teen podcast, head on over to uncommonteen.com. There's a red button at the top right-hand corner that says, Ask Me Anything. Click on that button and you can ask your questions there. So this week's question comes from Grace, and she asks, why do you believe in God, and why should I? I actually really love these questions, because it is something for all of us to think about. Why do you believe in God, and why should others around you? So why do I believe in God? To give you a little bit of my backstory, I did not grow up in a home that loved Jesus. My dad was an abusive, and by abusive, I mean physically abusive, verbally abusive, and mentally abusive. He was an alcoholic, and he was a druggie. (laughs) Great combination, right? My mom had to carry the brunt of the load with all five of us kids, and in order for her to deal with the stress, she would actually leave for weeks at a time, and we had no idea if she was coming back home. So growing up, I had a couple of thoughts that constantly ran through my head. One of those thoughts was that everybody who was supposed to love me hated me. And the other one, everyone who was supposed to love me would leave me. I remember being eight years old. I have two sisters and two brothers and the sister closest in age to me. We were hiding behind the couch in the living room because something had set my dad off and he was coming after us. And I remember that day so clearly. I remember thinking to myself, I don't want to live anymore. But something on the inside of me spoke so strongly. And it wasn't like a voice that I heard with my ears. It was like just on the inside of me so strongly. And it said, there is a reason you're here and I want you to find out why. And at that time, I probably thought it was just sheer determination. I am a very determined person. If I set my mind to something, I'm going to do it. People called me hard-headed. They called me stubborn, but I was just that determined, which in my teen years got me into a lot of trouble. (laughs) But what I didn't realize was that it was really the voice of God that was speaking to my heart. And he knew right where to meet me so that I would not give up on this life. And I wish I could say that life got better for me after that, but it didn't. Far from it. However, it was the driving thought that I was here for a reason that took me through some of the darkest days of my life. It is honestly the only reason I am alive today. So fast forward to the summer before my sixth grade year, we'd gone to church with my grandma that day. And when I say church, unfortunately, it was not a Christian church. So I didn't learn about Jesus 
at this church. So I've met at church on this Sunday. My mom comes into church and she picks us up, which was odd because whenever we went to church with my grandma, we always spent the day with her until she brought us home, but not this day. This day, my mom picked up all five of us kids and took us to a motel. We stayed in that motel for a couple days until we moved in with a friend of hers. I had no idea what was going on, just that we weren't going home. After staying with her friend for a couple weeks, we were no longer able to stay there, so my mom dropped us off back at home, and she left. We didn't see her again until a month later. During that month of her absence, we found out the real story of what happened and why she picked us up from church and took us away, and it was because my dad tried to turn on my mom. Well, my mom is stronger than my dad physically, so she put him in his place and decided, you know what, it's time to leave. And so that's why she picked us up from church. It was a great thought. However, it wasn't sustainable for her to be taking five kids and moving them all over from place to place to place to place. So what she felt like she needed to do was drop us off back home with my dad while she was going away to figure out what her next steps were going to be. And so during that month of being home with my dad when my mom was gone, that was honestly the worst month of my life up to that point. My dad was meaner than he had ever been before. And let me tell you, he was mean. And not only that, but the majority of his wrath, he took out on me, who was 11 years old at the time, and my brother, who was 14. During that month, I found out that my mom had left in order to get her finances in order to take us to court so that she could have the home and us kids and get my dad to leave. (laughs) And that is exactly what happened. So we're like, we thought life is going to be so much better, but it wasn't. It got a little bit better at home, but when you have five kids, and we were all really close in age, when you have all those kids in a home where there's so much chaos, they fight with each other. And not only that, there was this girl in school, and you might have heard me talk about her on previous podcast episodes, but she made it her job to make my life as miserable as she possibly could. So sixth grade, it was the worst year of my entire life. And if you know anything about being in sixth grade, you know it's not easy anyway. So seventh grade hits, and this is when the boys started noticing me. I was so excited because remember those thoughts that I had going through my head that constantly said that anybody who was supposed to love me didn't love me, anybody who was supposed to love me would leave me? Well, that left me in a place where I was desperately searching for acceptance and desperately searching for love. So when these boys started to notice me, I mistook that for love and acceptance. What I soon found out was that it was nowhere close to love, and it was only acceptance if I did what they wanted me to do. Girls, side note, this is one of the biggest reasons that I highly suggest not to start dating until you're ready to get married, because let me tell you, teenage hormones are crazy, and I'm sure you know that. (laughs) And when you do begin to date, Date in groups so you can really get to know the guy and his intentions before you get yourself in a situation that is extremely hard to get out of. I did not do this. And this is what led me down an even darker path than I was already on. So fast forward to my 10th grade year. I'd had several boyfriends before that. I was 14 years old and I went to the movies with a friend. And while we were at the theater, she began to talk to this guy that she knew who was working there. I didn't think anything of it. I was really shy. I just stood back, let them talk. And then a couple days later, my friend told me that the guy that she was talking to really liked me and he wanted to get to know me. And so she gave him my phone number 
We began to talk over the phone, and shortly after, we started dating. Didn't see each other a whole lot because we didn't live in the same town as each other. He was fun to be around, though, and a really nice guy, or so I thought. And then we began to spend more time with each other as he got his vehicle and was driving more. And that's when things began to change. He began to control me. And then it turned into, if you don't do what I want you to do, you're going to regret it. And over the course of that next year, this guy began to abuse me both physically and sexually. And I hated who I was. I hated everything about me. The only thing that kept me alive during this time was that little voice that I heard when I was eight years old that said there was a reason I was here and I needed to find out why. So I was able to get out of that relationship when I was 16 with the help of my 17-year-old sister. After that relationship, I was done. I never wanted to date again. I was good with being alone. I was good with never being loved because I thought if that's what love was, I didn't want anything to do with it. At this point in my life, I was extremely depressed. I was completely broken. I was so emotionally numb that I was self-harming just so I could feel something. And I was spiraling downward. I had hit rock bottom. And I was in a place where I needed to be saved for myself. But I had this friend and we really started hanging out with each other more our junior year and senior year of high school. And one Saturday night, I was staying at her house and she's like, hey, you want to just come to church with me tomorrow so I don't have to drop you off beforehand? And I was like, yeah, sure. Didn't think anything of it. But that Sunday service that I went to, I heard for the first time that there was this God who loved me so much that he wanted to save me. And the way that he would do that was through his son, Jesus Christ, that he sent to this earth. Jesus came to this earth, watched a completely sinless life. That means he never messed up a day in his life, never even rolled his eyes at his mom. I mean, like, yeah, if it was just that alone, I would have been in some big trouble. (laughs) I really was in big trouble, but still. But anyways, he never messed up a day in his life. And then he chooses to go to a very cruel cross so that he can take my sins on that cross so that he can take my brokenness, so he could take my depression, so he could take my numbness on himself and make me a brand new person when I accept his love. I mean, like I was blown away. I mean, I didn't think anybody loved me. And yet there's this God who loves me this much that he would actually sacrifice his son for me. That blew me away. And I was like, you know what? I'm in. And I made that decision that day that I was going all in for Jesus because I had tried to do it my way because I had tried to live my life without Jesus for 17 years at that point. And it didn't work. My family lived their life without Jesus and it didn't work. And I knew that it wasn't going to work because I saw behind the scenes what it was like not to live with God. And so when I saw this, this gave me hope for the first time ever. Like there was actually hope. And I didn't know it at the time. But when I didn't know God, God always knew me. Going back and thinking about my life, there were so many times that God was revealing himself to me. I just didn't stop to look at it. I could have stopped to look at it, but I was so into myself and so deep into depression and thinking only about me and my emotions 
I didn't stop to look at the loving God that is right there. So going back to that original question, why do I believe in God? This is why. When I was at my lowest of lows, God came in and rescued me. When I was completely broken, He still wanted me. When my own family didn't want me, God said, I want you. When the world said there was no use for me, I was just a throwaway, God said, I have a purpose for you. When the world said that I wasn't worth loving, God said, I love you so much, I sent Jesus to die for you. When I heard that God wanted to come into my life and take my past, take my brokenness and make me brand new, I was all in, as I said. And let me tell you, my life didn't change overnight. There were still challenges that I was walking through. But even though I was still walking through hard times, there was a difference. Because I now didn't have to walk through those hard times alone. God was with me and he was helping me out of those hard times. So now when I look back on my life, it amazes me how God took that broken 17-year-old girl and transformed her life so much that the people I grew up with, when they see me today, they no longer recognize me. I tell people my story who didn't know me when I was growing up, and they are shocked by some of the stories that I tell them because they can't believe that I'm that same person. So why should you believe in God? I could go into the scientific reasons of how science has caught up with God and how the Bible was accurate way before science was. I could go into the historical reasons of how the Bible is so historically accurate. I could talk to you about all those things. And yes, they're true. But ladies, why should you believe in God? Because God is love. And God is personal. And He's reaching out to you today. If you are listening to this episode, it is not an accident. God wants to have a relationship with you. And just like with me, He wants to take your life. And He wants to help you transform it to where you're no longer hurting. You're no longer broken. You're no longer trying to get through this life alone. He loves you that much. Our God is love. If you look at Christianity and you look at every religion, what religion has a quote-unquote God that is actually loving? None. There are no religions that have a God that loves us. What religion actually has a God that cares about us? There's not one. The biggest difference between Christianity and every religion is that every religion says, you must do all this work. And then at the end of your life, present your work to your God and see if your God will accept you. With Christianity, Jesus has done all the work. He walked this life without sin. He was beaten and bruised beyond recognition. They looked at him and they couldn't even tell he was human. You could count his ribs. That's how badly he was beaten. He went to a very cruel cross. It was the most excruciating way that you could die. But did you know that Jesus did that because he loves you? He even knew that while he was on that cross, God was going to have to turn his back on him. It was the darkest moment of his life when he gave up his life. And why did God have to turn his back on Jesus? Because God couldn't look at him because he was now a sin. When we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, God now looks at us through the eyes of Jesus's perfection. Jesus traded his life for ours. He says, you know what? I'm going to take your sin and I'm going to give you my perfection. 
And now when we sin, yeah, we go to God and we ask for forgiveness and we make the next right decision. But God now looks at us through the eyes of Jesus. God loves you that much. All we have to do is accept him. It's that easy. I'm going to take you down a list of verses that's called the Romans road. Romans 3.23, we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. What that means is we've all messed up. None of us deserve heaven because the only way to get into heaven is we have to have a perfect score in life. That means you can't even mess up one time. A lot of times we compare ourselves to others and like, well, I'm not as bad as they are, or I didn't do the things that they did. When you put your life up against Jesus's, there's no comparison because Jesus is perfection. And that's the only thing that can get us into heaven. And so there's a problem. Romans 5, 8 goes on to say, God demonstrated his own love toward us, that while we were out there messing up, Jesus died for us. Praise God. While we were out there messing up, God had a solution to our problem. Romans 6.23 says that the wages or the payment for our sins is death. That means we deserve hell. We mess up one time. We roll our eyes at our mom one time. We deserve hell. That's a problem. But the end of that verse goes on to say, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. It's a free gift that God gives us. Then Romans 10, 9 and 10 goes on to say, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. See, earlier when I was talking about how Jesus went to the cross for us, he had to go down into hell because he had our sins. However, hell couldn't keep him because he was there illegally. He wasn't there with his sins. He was there with our sins. And so hell couldn't keep him. And so he conquered death in the grave and he rose again from the dead and he's alive today. And so that's what this means. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's that easy. For with the heart, one believes. That word justified means we are made just as if we never sinned. So with the heart, one believes. And we're made just as if we've never sinned. And with the mouth, one confesses and is saved. And then the last verse is Romans 10, 13. And it says, for everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. It's that easy. God didn't want to make it difficult for us to get to him. I had another girl that reached out to me about a month ago. And she was thinking about giving her life to the Lord, but she's like, I've been walking through a terrible time and I'm not sure if this is a good time to give my life to Jesus. Ladies, this is the best time to give your life to Jesus. As you heard my story, I was at the lowest of lows and I turned to God and he was able to take me out of that mess, begin to transform my life. And today I'm a brand new person. So ladies, if you're listening to this and you're like, you know what? I'm ready. I'm ready. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want you to repeat this prayer after me, and I want you to mean it with all your heart. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you. Sin and Satan, I turn my back on you. Jesus, I'm turning to you. I make you my Lord. Thank you for what you did for me on the cross. Thank you for taking my sins on the cross. Thank you for dying just for me. Thank you for raising from the dead just for me. Come into my heart. 
be my Lord. Today, I'm beginning a brand new life with you. Jesus, you are my Lord. I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you pray that prayer, I want you to go to uncommonteen.com and in the bottom right-hand corner, there is a yellow chat button. I want you to click that chat button. I want you to let me know that you just gave your life to Jesus. Ladies, I am so proud of you. All right, now repeat after me. And I want you to really mean this with all your heart. I am beautiful. I am valuable. My beauty and my value, they don't change. Even if someone fails to see how incredible God made me. Ladies, I hope that this episode helped you today. I hope that you know how incredibly loved by God that you really are. Repeat after me. I am beautiful. I am valuable. My beauty and my value, they don't change. Even if someone fails to see how incredible God made me. All right, ladies, I would love to personally invite you to join us this July 19th and 20th for Uncommon Teen Live 2024. Woohoo! Being a teen girl today is tough. Being a Christian teen girl today is even more challenging. But God has given you everything you need to not just survive this crazy world, but to soar. At this year's conference, we're going to be talking about how to become free from anything that is holding you back from being all that it is that God has created you to be. And for those of you who have not been to Uncommon Teen Live before, you get to be a part of our live Ask Me Anything session. Ladies, throughout the whole conference, I have a box set up where you can ask your questions. And then on Saturday, the second day of the conference, we set aside a special session just to answer as many questions as we possibly can. And ladies, I would love to invite you to be a part of our live podcast recording at the conference venue itself. Ladies, last year we tried this and I don't know what happened, but the recording disappeared. This year it's not happening. We are going to record live and in person at Uncommenting Live, and I would love for you all to be a part of this episode. So if you have not gotten your tickets yet, head on over to Uncommenting Live, grab your tickets today. And real quick, I just want to say thank you to those of you who prayed for us about our venue. After a couple of venues fell through for Uncommenting Live, I knew that God was going to do something big. And he really was. He was working behind the scenes even when we didn't see it. We found a venue that is amazing. The owners are amazing. They love the heart behind Uncommon Teen. I'm so excited because there's something even better that I want to share with you, but I can't share with you yet. Ah. (laughs) So stay tuned because I've got some really awesome news about this conference that you're going to love. So I just want to say again, thank you so much for your prayers. Know that they are heard, that God listens to you, and I am just excited. Continue to pray over this event. God is going to do something miraculous, and I am so excited to get to be a part of it. All right, ladies, have an amazing rest of your week, and we'll see you back here next time.